liftoff and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 188, recording April 24th, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are discussing a surprise sequel announcement, um, some more Turtle gaming news, uh, Halo bringing updates, but it might be a little too late as long as what we've been watching and some Moon Knight spoilers. And to do this, I have with me as always... Shannon Flaming Hotmore. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, I am more excited to drink the Flaming Hot Cheetos Mountain Dew than I am to eat any type of candy that Justin ever has in his house ever again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Do we have a rebuttal from Mr. Justin Sleeping with the Fishes Carter? What what do you not like about Airhead, Shannon? What is so shit about my candy taste that you disapprove of? Like, if I wanted to chew on a flavored rubber band, like, I mean, that would be my... A flavored rubber band? (laughs) Wow. Dude, you ate moldy bacon, and you have the fucking audacity (laughs) to call my favorite candy a flavored rubber band. Wow. I'm just saying, that's what it reminds me of. I mean, it's kind of of ballsy, Shannon, I will say. Kind of ballsy. (laughs) Hey, like it, I, it was a gamble with the bacon. It wasn't like I was acting. It was like a gamble, like, <laughs> like Justin does. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I was listening to the podcast last week, and like, yeah, I mean, you didn't even mention like a Sour Patch Kid. Like, I would have gone with a Sour Patch Kid over Warheads. Like, Warheads. Like, if I wanted to not taste anything in my mouth for maybe like three or four hours, then yeah, Warheads a way to go. But. Sour Patch Kids are way better sour. Well, I do. Okay. One, I do eat Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch Kids, especially Mm -hmm. the watermelon ones where it's just a little watermelons, like, because I especially love watermelon. Mm -hmm. I do like those. See, I was put on the spot, Shannon, which is, you know, sometimes when the light is shown on you and you're not expecting it and you panic, you just start pulling from thin air. So, you know, (laughs) Sour Patch Kids is up there for me. But so that's is like Warheads. I was going to say, air. that's like 90% of the podcast uh, is just me like living in instant regret, listening back to it. Like I should have maybe said something a little bit more colorful or a zinger that I get like way later. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. It's thing. like, if you want some other ones, like I really love lemon heads. I also really like bottle caps, which are kind of shitty. I mean, they kind of have that chalky after, but I just love the like fake soda flavor of it Dude, just, i am very nostalgic okay, we just became best friends because i will fuck with some bottle caps okay. how the fuck am i on this podcast with two people who have been taken over by ghosts of people that died in 1950 <laughs> <laughs> can i get you some saltwater taffy boys some Werther, werther's originals like what are we doing I mean, oh, sometimes your body just craves a Werther's original and like you just got to see that yellow wrapper and know that the world is safe and like, you know, that, you know, nuzzled in the bosom of all the spiritual grandmas around the world at the same time. My, see, my grandparents always had it wasn't the original. They had ribbon candy, 
and then oh, they yeah, also cool. had those uh those ones that are the strawberry candy that's wrapped in the strawberry that wrapper. Looks like a strawberry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sure. candy, but it's soft in the middle, and then so you bite into it two minutes into it, and it's like that weird kind of jelly in the middle. So mm-hmm. it's funny. I have a total like grandparent related memory to Werther's Originals, but it isn't what you think it is. It's uh, <laughs> so my grandfather, uh, my grandpa Bert, was a. Uh, Let's just say an interesting man. He was colorful. I I love that dude. He was he was amazing. He was a he grew up. He was a boxer in the forties. He was a long line truck driver. Drove cement trucks. Like he he was a tough son of a bitch. Uh, and I was at his house uh, after he had retired. I want to say I was like ten or so. And they were they he had the TV on. We were watching some boxing match. And a Werther's Originals commercial came on where like the little kid comes in and the grandparent gives him a Werther's Original (laughs) and the kid's like, oh, this is so great. And my grandmother just bursts out laughing and looking at me because he also swore like a sailor. And it didn't matter if I was 10. He he, he was coming at you. So he he looks at me and he's like, can you believe that fucking bullshit? Like if I gave (laughs) you some Werther's Originals, you're going to be so goddamn happy with me that I gave you this awful fucking candy. (laughs) And and I'm I'm dying laughing because he he was on fire. He was laughing his ass off. So then fast forward, uh, this was over like summer break. Christmas comes around. My grandparents come to, to stay with us during the Christmas break. And he shows up with a bag of Werther's Originals. <laughs> He's like, there, you happy now? You happy? You got some Werther's out of me, you little bastard. Wow, uh, that's dedication to a joke right there. Oh, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> but it was one of those things, like, he like he was laughing so hard that I, I guarantee you he knew I knew I would remember it, you know? And it was just one of those, like, oh, man. So that's that's my Werther's Original memory that's attached to the candy that has nothing to do with the candy. I don't know if I ever ate one of them. Like it was just one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anything, it was just shitting on candy, that candy. (laughs) Yeah. Which which for my grandfather was kind of par for the course, you know, like that was. Yeah. Just doubled down on, on shitty candy and made that your actual Christmas present. Like it just one year, it was just a whole bag, like a whole box of Werther's originals. And, And you know what though? Like even at that age, a part of me would have definitely appreciated it. I would have been like, yep. Yeah, you got me. All right. Yeah. Like, you know, some people can just do the most heinous shit, but it's hilarious. And mm-hmm. like all the, th- like, you should be so mad, but you can't cause you're just <laughs> laughing. Like, even if it's at your expense, he was just one of those guys. You're like, ah, yep. You got me. Ah, yes. Apparently deep fried Matt has the same kind of pull because like, you know, Justin's been trying to write him off for like six months now and he's still loitering. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. One, his name's Shrimp Fried Matt. Not Deep Fried Matt. You can't even... God damn, dude. Shannon doesn't know any anime protagonist name. Doesn't know fucking Matt's name. You you know what, though? I'm going to give it to Shannon on this one, because you've been trying to deep fry that motherfucker for, like, two months. So... It's one of those things where it's like, me and Matt, over the years, have just been through so much shit, like... I lived with him at the house and there was a point in time where I didn't talk to Matt for over a year (laughs) um, after the whole house debacle of him moving out of lease early. And then we got the onslaught of people that Chris would bring home from the hookah bar that lived Mm. at our house and no one paid rent. And so after that entire falling out, there was for a while I did not talk to Matt 
And it was funny because we still had the same friend circle, though. So at certain parties, I would run into him and it would be awkward because it's like, dude, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Oh, you, and, you, you two were the ones where all your friends are like, oh, do we invite Justin if Matt's coming? Oh, no, well, Justin's going to le- be there. Should legitimately, that happened. Um, I had a party at my parents' house the one time and everybody came. And I did not invite Matt because I didn't want him to fucking come. <laughs> and Matt was trying to get like my friend Tanner and like whatever to hang out that same night. And everyone was like, oh, no, I'm busy. Oh, no, I'm busy. And he was like, dude, I, everyone's fucking busy. And it's because they were all coming to my party <laughs> except for that. It's like, yeah, no. I'm like, I don't want to fucking see you. I'm still mad at you. <laughs> and then enough time had passed, though, where it was like, yeah, you know, I like even though he was a piece of shit and stuff, I was like. Um, I was like, yeah, I still miss you and whatever. So and whatever. Just, yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we'd been through so much and stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm not even I don't even blame him for the house. It's like, honestly, if I could have fucking moved out, I would have done that, too. So was it like a crack house? It wasn't a crack house. It was a fairly I mean, the neighborhood across the street was a crack neighborhood. But the area <laughs> that I lived in. It was very nice and they just got done remodeling this house it's just fucking chris and his sister destroyed the house and then everyone chris moved in they brought there was the iguana the snake the fucking <laughs> dog from the dog fighting ring and just all this shit and it just accumulated nobody took care of it matt punched a hole in the wall chris's sister got hair dial over the fucking doors um chris lost all his jobs and nobody could afford rent awesome <laughs> I, I i remember my early 20s too yeah, yeah, yeah early 20s was a uh was quite the time to be alive yes quite the time um i have a story kind of similar to that one except i was uh the shrimp fried zach in the story <laughs> uh not not on purpose but so there was this uh bar that was kind of like the clubhouse in this area a bar named Clooney's, and it was one of those things where like you know, this is 2008, 2000, that was like 2007. So cell phones are a thing, but like, you know, the group texts, the, the social media is definitely not a thing. Like it's just not, you know, people are still T9ing, texting and whatnot. Uh, one night I show up to, to the bar. Cause that's just what you did is like, Oh, it's Friday night. I'm just going to go to Clooney's cause fuck else is there to do. And it was empty completely empty like not one person and so the bartender was there who i knew and i'm like yeah hey james what's what the hell's going on it's like oh it's uh it's christina's birthday they all went to the saddle rack and i'm like all of them and they're like oh yeah like they they were all here and then the bus showed up and they all got on the party bus and left and i'm like uh okay so i'm thinking to myself like these are all people i know and like hang out with all the time and are good friends with, like <laughs> I thought, and like no one said a fucking word to me. Uh, they all just went out without me. So I was, uh, my, my ego was feeling low that day. <laughs> Pretty sure I just went home and hung out. But uh, what's hilarious is Christina is now my sister-in-law. And I bring this up to her, I, I don't know, three or four times a year. Cause she feels so <laughs> guilty. Like essentially they, it was one of those everyone thought they had invited me like someone told someone else to invite me like all the way around you know and everyone else thought someone else did it and then they're like oh well he's not here i guess he can't go and 
they all just took off and no one called me or anything. And so uh, it's, it's fun to, to just tease her about it now because uh, she can't get away from me because she's related to me now. And, uh, <laughs> and also she's one of those people that feels guilt in like the real way. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, this reminds me of that one time you guys all went to the sidewalk. Just, Shut up. Jesus. <laughs> it's good. Times. I, I think it's funny that you literally got home alone. I did. I totally, I, mean, I got Kevin. I mean, we, we can make it a little bit more awkward because like you never called me and I didn't go to the saddle rack that night. So I was just, you know, well, I mean, weird. Like, you know, my, I know my phone was on, I always paid my bills. It was just, I, if, if I memory serves, that was an era where you were making interesting choices and not talking <laughs> to anyone either. So Shannon was wearing that Megatron shirt and Zach's like, fuck yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. 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 Touche. Okay. He had he had made some uh, uh, life level Megatron shirt we, choices. Yeah, we don't like, we don't need to that. go. We don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to look like kimono. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> to uh, go into our moon night just ever so briefly, we don't need to open that sarcophagus quite mm, quite yet. Much, so, um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we're doing a show. I, guess I mean, I guess, actually... I mean, you know, we're, we're oh, you know minutes we... and maybe we should talk some news. <laughs> you know what we did? We we just screamed past Shannon is how is the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew? Uh, you know, it took me a while to find it and I had to go to like probably like the deepest, darkest, crackheadiest, mm-hmm. um, like, um, what is it? Gross, like corner store to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. I mean, it was all right. Like, I but think... If... Define good. Mm. Like if I was thirsty and I needed something to drink, I wouldn't not drink it. Was it spicy though? Kinda, not really. Like I mean, it has. A so little... what did it taste like then? Because from what I understand, from what I've I have not tasted it, mm-hmm. but from my understanding from people that I've heard that have tasted it, everyone has basically said that it tastes like normal Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. But it has this aftertaste kind of kick of Flaming Hot Cheeto. I mean, that's what I would say. Is like somebody, uh, you know, what happened is somebody was eating Flaming Hot Cheetos at the Mountain Dew factory and spilled one into it, and was just Backsplashed like, it. <laughs> "This is what we're doing right now. This is the shit." And like, that's pretty much what it is. But how is that appealing? Like, that sounds fucking disgusting. Like, why that wouldn't even? What was? Would that quench your thirst? Like drinking See, a Mountain Dew that's that the has. Thing. Because, like, I drank it, right? And then I was immediately thirsty again. So it's like, you know, Mountain Dew is just doubling down on the diabetes. Um, Okay, so that's kind of the main, my main issue with it is when I drink something, specifically a soda, I want to feel, like, refreshed afterwards. Like, I want it to be refreshing. There is nothing about that combination that sounds refreshing in any sense. It is like... Flaming hot Mountain Dew. Mm, no, yeah, I mean, no. the, the Spark one's not that good to eat. I mean, the Spark one is better, in my opinion, but that's just like lemonade and like, what, raspberry flavoring, like, and with carbonation, and it's super mm-hmm. sugary. Um, so, I mean, I, I would probably do that one. That one's a little bit more refreshing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it was, it was, a, it was a good trial. It was not something I would, I, I would do again. I also love how, you know, social media is just slowly killing Jordan at because it's like Shannon's like, Oh, I know who I'll get to try this. It just posts it up. And then next thing you know, there's a picture of Jordan with the, with the bottle in his hands. It was the other like, way Man. around. It was the other way around. Jordan was the one that threw it up for me to try. Mm. Well, 
I'm the one that found it and posted it in the Discord. And then, you know, Jordan sits there, gets a notification. He's sitting at home playing games and sighs and then grabs his car keys and has to go <laughs> down the street to go buy one now. Explain to his wife, like, how oh, can you wash the kid? I've got I've to go down to the corner store. And he's like, look, if I don't try this, nobody on the Discord is going to. So yeah. it's my sole responsibility to take one for the team and figure out if this is good or not. But no, that was my exact problem with that, uh, the cinnamon Pepsi and shit mm. around Christmas. Mm. It's just, it's not refreshing. You drink it and then it's like, cool. It tastes like I did the spoonful of cinnamon challenge afterwards <laughs> and then I'm thirsty again. That's also why I don't really like boba in my boba tea is because like, if I want to drink something, I want to fucking drink. I don't want to chew it. I don't want to yeah. feel like dehydrated after we're like, no, I, I want to be refreshed and enjoy it and not have to work through my beverage you've already here first guys justin just wants the balls in his mouth not anything that's gonna make him thirsty it's all about the balls no vice versa i don't want the balls in my <laughs> mouth shannon well speaking of awkward and probably horrible puns uh how about we transition into news and uh you know i'm gonna lead off with this because hey i'm hosting and fuck both of you um gearbox is reviving tales from the borderlands out of freaking nowhere and it's coming this summer 2022 uh i'm i'm super hyped for this this was easily probably one of my favorite telltale games i obviously not telltale anymore because i don't think telltale exists in the way that it did back then um so my guess is that this is all going to be in-house they're they're doing a larger announcement later um and uh, it's it says it's an adventure game following the exploits of former Hyperion employee Reese and Karn artist Fiona in the rough yet humorous world of Pandora, which, you know, that was basically all the first game was also. And mm-hmm. I love it. So give me give me more tales from the Borderlands. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, um, I like what they're doing with Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm a little disappointed to see that it's they're sticking with the same characters for the Tales of the Borderlands. I feel with that title, it kind of opens them up to doing just any type of story from anybody in the Borderlands sure. universe. Um, so I would have liked to probably see something a little bit more out of the box. Um, but, um, you know, from what you said, um, you know, the Tales from the Borderlands being as epic as it was the first time around, um, I'd be inclined to to try it and see if it's you know, as good and see if it still holds up. Um, I played the first chapter and I liked it. I just never got around to playing it because I think something else came out that captured my attention. But um, I'm glad. I mean, Borderlands seems to be coming back into its own. I think Tiny Tina did Gearbox mm. um, a solid by being as good as it is. So, And, and you know, the other, thing, the other thing that has me excited about it is by getting away from Telltale is this is a chance to do it on a completely new engine. Because that Telltale, even by the time Tales from Borderlands came out, which was like a, you know, mid mid run for them, like they they released a bunch of stuff after it, they released a bunch of stuff before it, but even by this point, that engine had been straining to to keep up with what they were trying to do with it. So, if this is the same type of game just built on a whole new engine that is way more capable of of what they're trying to do, then I am all for it. Does it say it's going to be on like Unreal Engine or anything like that? That it doesn't give any details or that, but all 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 they're really parsing out is that it doesn't mention Telltale anywhere. Hmm. So, 
my guess is probably it's probably whatever what's gearbox work on ue4 is that is that like what they're is that what tiny team is built on I don't know. I usually skip through that screen or I'm usually I don't know, getting ready to get comfortable when that thing pops up, but I don't know. I'll have to take a look at it. Yeah. I know Justin, it's Unreal Engine. I just don't know if it's four or five. Justin, is any interest to you at all whatsoever? Yeah. You know, I never played the, uh, the first one, but the fact that it's getting a sequel definitely makes me want to, I'll probably check out the first part of it and stuff and play it before the second yeah. one comes out so that I'll be all up to speed when it comes out. But you know, I like Borderlands and stuff, and I've heard nothing but good things. I'll be interested to see if Telltale's not involved. I wonder if they'll kind of change up the gameplay, like how the game is actually going to play. Is it going to kind of be similar to the Telltale style, mm. where it's kind of the point and click and yeah. you just kind of do whatever? Or like, are they going to change it up and be like, still have that stuff, but also be a little more maybe like, quick action focused or like have a little more like to do gameplay wise yeah. outside of that. So it'll or, be interesting. Yeah. To have see. it, have it be more like a third person game that yeah. has that stuff built in rather than just a true go to this area pixel yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It'll still have that stuff in it, but it won't be solely that it'll be mm. a little more diverse in the gameplay style. I, I can see that. I absolutely could see that. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we gotten the discord got hot and heavy uh this <laughs> week when someone i don't know who just said like hey Raphael's the best teenage mutant ninja turtle and dropped pulled the pin on that grenade and walked away <laughs> uh yeah people people didn't like that uh <laughs> even though it's totally true he's the best turtle i um, mean he really is no, i don't no, know he's not he like you guys are all i uh, everybody in the discord agreed with it They're like you two were the only ones that like buddied up together everybody else had their own like little like Raphael is the only adult in the room He's it's not like, an adult. He's a he's a dude with anger management problems. Is what no, he is. Who gets the fucking job done? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go swing some nunchucks and order pizza. Yeah, look at my swords and how fucking useless I am. Like Leonardo's the Cyclops of fucking the turtles. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, sweet, I'm not denying sweet, power, that. sweet sweet power set, bro. Uh, you suck though. Like you actually suck. And then you know you've got Donatello who's like, let me formulate this plan with this wooden stick I have. And meanwhile, Raphael's like, how about I just go actually do the thing? Yeah. Can we just do got, the thing? Yeah. And he's the only one that has zero range. Like his size are not doing anything unless he's throwing them. And then he's basically throwing them and he's a horrible shot. I can't tell you how many times he's probably missed with those size. It's a purposeful misses. He's trying to throw you purposeful off his game because yeah, no. he's going to wrap those three he's fingers clotted. around your ass while he beats it. Like, come Gross. on. Uh, he's he's clotted with <laughs> anger. And like he misses his shots, like he is, he is all rage all the time, dude. Like, I mean, he is not going to be your go-to guy to get shit done. He's gonna be the one. Like, how many times have they gone in to do some sneaky ass shit, and Raphael's just like, "No, nah, fuck this. I'm just gonna go straight up the gut and I cause a whole bunch of drama." They all get caught, they all lose their weapons, and then they all have to come together at the end and save the day. Yeah, he's the Leroy there, Jenkins like, of yeah, Ninja basically, Turtles. Yeah, basically, dude. Like, he's just creating more problems than he is fixing them. I like how Shannon's like, oh, he has no range. And it's like compared to nunchucks. Yeah, yeah like, nunchucks are a little bit longer. And cool. And a stick. That's <laughs> not sharp at all. It's one stick. Yeah, cool. Like, why don't you just pole vault your way over to the fucking Mesa Swap Mart and get yourself a real blade for five bucks? 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, you could do so much stuff with a stick. I mean, you could like hold it in the ground and then like do some sweet kicks off of it, or you could like jab it into things and stop them from moving. You can like whack people with them and break arms and and like slap ear holes. Which are, like, you can whack people with anything, Shannon. <laughs> That's like not, saying, not like, oh well, oh, dude. You're like, oh, dude. dude. Like Whatever. this eraser shaped like a football, so it's dual function, so you can yeah, play you gotta, catch with it. You, you can play catch with anything. You got, a, Shannon, you got like, a five foot long stick. You can hit somebody five foot away. Well, how long is the like the longest side you've ever seen? It basically like goes a little bit farther than your, and like you know it's probably like the, this long, like maybe the, a foot long. The longest side I've ever seen is what you do on the podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. Like, let's, let's calm down a little bit. How much, how much, how much do you see these turtles actually using their weapons? Any of them? It's all kicking. Leonardo ain't cutting shit with those swords. They're just like ornamental. At the, the point. only time he cuts anything is when somebody throws something at him. Some vestigial ass weapons, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I mean, and even then, it's like somebody throws a manhole at him and he cuts it in half with his like with, <laughs> with his swords, and you're just like, bro. <laughs> No, that's not going to happen. Well, and that's and that's the moment when you're like, you could do this shit the whole time. Like, what are you? <laughs> you blue masked son of a bitch. What are you doing? Like, you, you, like. No, and Raphael also is the best because he's the only one that has the OG red mask. They all had red masks in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that kept it. And yeah, like but the song says know. he's cool, but rude. You just got to give him a break. <laughs> he's all yeah. attitude. <laughs> um yeah no he's um uh, I, I just watched the teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie the one that the remit not the the puppet ones but the ones the cg one that they did maybe in 2019 uh, I, 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 thought, I thought you were talking like the like huge mutant monster one dude Sicker the Ooze? Like, yeah the no, no, no 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 the one that just came out like five or six years ago that yeah that's like... the one the one where they uh the one where the 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 dude um is like immortal and he's went and he's like getting all the statues and killing all like the the rare monsters so he can kill himself but like his friends that have been like cast in stone forever like they want to live so like they're uh, fighting each other they end up are you just together. describing the plot of jungle cruise like what's going on right now? <laughs> either that or moon knight i don't know the gods in moon knight are kind of all in stone too so mm. um but no, the, uh, yeah. How, how was it worth watching or? Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. It's pretty lighthearted. Um, it basically starts off with Leonardo not being with the Ninja Turtles. Like Splinter has told him to go, like, you need to work on being a leader. So like, you're going to, we're going to send you to Brazil yeah, and no you're going to hang out there. Like, Jesus. And like, you're going to like learn how to be a leader by yourself, which I think is weird, but all right. And then Raphael is like, I fucking hate everybody. And then he basically becomes this creature called the Night Stalker. So basically, he just basically is a turtle inside motorcycle leathers with a motorcycle helmet that's shaped in the like shape of a turtle head, which is weird. Um, and so you admit that he's the coolest then? No, he's he's like a dick. People hate him. Um, but uh... <laughs> oh, so he got sick of waiting around for all this bullshit and was just like, no, I actually need to go to work. Yeah. yeah. And he's, and he saw like in April, in April in this one, instead of a news reporter, she's a, like, she's like a Laura Croft. She, Croft, she goes out and she like, uh, is like a treasure hunter for rich people. And then Casey Jones is like, uh, 
a nighttime vigilante and she and they live together and like he's just like whatever dude like i'm gonna go out at night and like beat the shit out of people and then michelangelo um goes undercover uh, at kids like pizza parties and basically wears an oversized turtle head over his own turtle head so that he can go out in disguise <laughs> but not disguise so in this world that the people know that the turtles exist no they still okay. do not know i was like so they're like having turtle parties because yeah. the turtles are a thing apparently there's a huge demand for turtle parties in this town massive yeah. all right well. and then donatello is an it guy he works on the phone he's like you call tech support he's the guy that helps you out and that's also fitting yes mm-hmm. best turtle right there donatello just... <laughs> but anyway the re- i bring all this up not just so mike miller will write us all death threats once he listens to this episode um because he's a michelangelo dude himself see you're just scared you're just scared of mike that's all (laughs) um but no let's talk about how uh shredder's revenge the new arcade throwback title that uh we saw a glimpse of earlier last year is finally getting a uh, release window which is summer this time uh, it's it's on the floor uh, this week at PAX East. People can play it and all that. And uh, they've, they've released more gameplay of it. And guess what? That game still looks rad as hell. And I'm hyped because no one else is going to play Raphael except for when me and Justin play together. So, Yeah, and then you're going to see how bad he is because everybody <laughs> else is going to be wrecking shop and having fun. And you're going to be like, hey, guys, save some for the rest of us. Like, I, I, I want to kill some guys, too. More like you're going to be like, can I bum a life off you? I'm all alive. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it is, <laughs> it is good. I think you know, there, there's plenty of people in like our Discord channel that would be down to play uh, multiplayer if it's not couch co-op, and you two would be the only ones that essentially would fight over a character because everybody else is like, cool, I got my guy. I hope it's, I hope it's a uh, crossplay too. Because mm-hmm. that would suck if like we all have to pick like okay is it PlayStation is it Xbox is it Switch is it PC it's like it'd be awesome if we could just be like nope just buy it wherever you feel more most comfortable and we'll all play mm-hmm. so yeah that would be nice but that's ho- not going to happen hopefully those details come and you know with it giving the window of summer makes me think it might be one of those uh, hot drops during like someone's not E three press conference. Mm-hmm. and you can go buy it now you know one of those type of things yeah that would be great so otherwise they would just nail down a month or something right like they would be like it's coming in june or something instead of like blanket summer quote unquote. i mean you gotta feel that they've shown so much of that stuff for so long that that game is just like they're just putting the finishing touches on it right now they're just kind of yeah messing with our emotions about when they're gonna drop that bad boy i would think so um, speaking of waiting to drop things, it seems like we've been hearing about Nintendo Switch Online adding Game Boy and Game Boy Advance for years now, and um, it looks like it may be closer than ever because uh, on Twitter, uh, someone dropped the hot goss that uh, the Game Boy emulators have been ripped out of the current Switch Online software package. And it looks like emulators that were done by uh, the team out of France that has done prior emulation work for uh, for Nintendo. And, uh, you know, it, it's got a pretty, pretty stout list of stuff, of games in there. 
including uh, Circle of the Moon and Aria of Sorrow. Justin? Yeah, I also saw Wario Land 4, which is a uh, mm-hmm. favorite of mine. Mario Golf Advance Tour, Shannon? Can I interest you in that? No. Probably would have said yes. <laughs> well, here, uh, Shannon, can I interest you in the Golden Sun games? Yes. Those, for someone that loves JRPGs like you, Golden Suns. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. they're rad. Those are really good. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean... uh, Metro Infusion. I'm, I'm down mm-hmm. for some Metro Infusion. Again, That's the, was that the first person shooter one? No, no, no. That oh. was the Game Boy Advance one. Oh, okay, okay. Fusion's the one that technically takes place before the new one on Switch. Is hmm. that the one? Did they remake that? Is that the one that came to 3DS? No, that was uh, the second one. Samus right. Returns Samus is Returns. the one that they yeah, did yeah. the remake of. How is... Quick aside. How has that not come to the Switch as a remake? Because that was a game I was playing it. Because it came out when the Switch came out. And I'm playing it going like... They should have just moved this over. There were frame rate issues. I mean, it was fun, but it just didn't look or play all that cleanly and smoothly. And it's like, how have you not moved this game over to the Switch? And I thought that in 2016. Like, So my theory is that it will eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, Nintendo is ashamed of Metroid. <laughs> yeah. And But with how well the new one actually did... The fact that it actually has like DLC, did a bunch of sales and stuff. I think now that I don't know the, the the fans have proven to Nintendo we like Metroid, we will buy Metroid. Please mm-hmm. give us Metroid. I think maybe that finally gave them the kick in the ass that they needed to be like, okay, yeah, we'll do an HD, whatever, throw it up for fucking fifty bucks, and right. people will buy it. Hey, just do the, what they do with like every other thing. It's like. Everything comes to to switch eventually. Like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, just give it three years, and it'll be on the right? switch. It's been <laughs> six. Like, let's make it happen. Um, but yeah, I again, this it's one of those like, do they add it to? What do you think, Justin? Do they just add it to the the uh, advanced or, or expanded tier? They can't. It, they can't charge another so, tier for it, right? Like, <laughs> They can't. My my thing is like I wish it would just be a part of the online service, like the NES and SNES uh-huh. is. But in my heart of hearts, I know it's going to end up getting added to the. You know, it's going to get added to the extra tier with the N sixty four stuff. Like my, it, it has to. I don't see how it doesn't. Unless the plan is we're going to do Game Boy and GBA stuff on the regular tier, and then we're going to bring DS stuff to the other one. That would be interesting. I mean, but I mean, I I kind of agree with you. I think they're just going to put it behind the paywall. Yeah, they're just going to kind of try. I think that's their goal is to try and get more people to bump up their current online subscription to the new one. I don't think enough people have made the plunge yet. And I think by adding more like they just added what they added some new oh Splatoon, Octo, whatever DLC to the Nintendo Plus archive of stuff that you get for the highest tier. So I, I think they're still trying to add more stuff to try and bait people into doing the upgrade. I think that, as we've said before, is probably the smartest way to go against a Goliath like Game Pass. It's like throw DLC in there. Mm-hmm. 
it's like, yeah, all the Mario Kart tracks, the Animal Crossing stuff, if they start dropping like new Pokemon Snap levels in there, like, hell yeah. Like, why wouldn't I at that point, you know? And so I, I think that's super smart. Like, because you know, they'll probably do the same with Splatoon 3 when it drops. So, yeah, get, I think that's just brilliant. Super smart way to handle it. Dude, and I still want them to bring more 3DS games to yeah. the Switch. Like, Fantasy Life. One of my all-time favorite games on the 3DS. It got me to buy Megan a 3DS. We own two copies of the game, so we played it together. Mm. It's by Level 5, the same team that made, like, Nino Kuni and stuff. They worked on Fantasy Life. It's a great game. And it's like, yeah, dude, slap some HD textures on that bad boy. Put it on the Switch. I will pay $60 for it. I'm that person. I love that game. You, you bought more of it. You bought Megan a 3DS just so you could street pass each other. I know the truth. <laughs> I, I would do that. I was the person I was the person that got yelled at by Megan because we went to an MC Chris concert and I brought my 3DS and had oh, it in my pocket hilarious. to do street pass. And she's like, You really brought your 3DS to the concert? She's like, No one else is gonna bring the street pass. And like mid concert, I had to open it and do it because it was already full. Of all the and I was like sitting there, I was like, "Man, don't you look fucking stupid as a dish?" Yeah, That's as you, she's sitting there with a drink in her hand at a concert. Like, no, I look like an adult, you yeah. fucking moron. Like, yeah, but you look around and there's like 18 other people on their 3ds's all doing the same thing I'm doing. Doing this, and I got MC Chris to sign my 3ds, ah. which is the coolest thing. I got him to sign it in silver sharpie, and then when I got home, I used um clear the clear like liqueur like whatever spray paint on it and stuff so that it wouldn't ever rub off so my 3ds is forever signed by mc chris very nice very nice pretty cool yeah i took my 3ds to disneyland and uh had that street pass set up oh that was pretty beefy yeah i've done it at comic-con before and multiple times had to sit there and like open it go through it and then you check it 10 minutes later dump all (laughs) i'm like okay yeah 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 okay to try and get all the street passes so when you saw MC Chris, did he do any Aqua Teen Hunger Force stuff? No. I mean, he played a lot of old stuff, which I do like a lot of his mm. earlier stuff. But, you know, I mean, his voice his voice is just MCP pants in general. Yeah, so exactly. he's just like, yo, 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 what up, my people? <laughs> uh, you ever gone back and watch any of that Aqua Teen stuff? The so, first, like, three seasons? How batshit insane those episodes are like in the moment i didn't really consider them all that crazy i'm like ah this is outlandish but it's funny i watch them now it's like holy shit this is like hardcore drugs so (laughs) funny enough i mean i go i actually wanted to bring this up earlier and i didn't so i've been sick this past week and ever since i was 14 my like normal thing for like when i'm sick is i would get my big comforter off the bed, go chill out in the living room on the couch mm-hmm. and bring out my stack of DVDs. That was all of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, C-Lab 2021 nice. and home movies. And I would just watch them in the living room, like on repeat, just hit play all and just mm-hmm. go through it. And I've been sick all this week. So the past, like after work and stuff, I'd go out in the living room and all those shows are on HBO Max now. And I yeah. put on Aqua Teen and I put on home movies and I sat there and just was sit, sipping my like Mio water with all mm-hmm. my electrolytes and stuff and watched them. And it's still gold to this day. And yes, the, the first three seasons of Aqua Teen Hunger Force are like God tier animation. Hilarious. <laughs> Dude, it starts f- to go downhill after yeah. season four and onward. Like the hits and misses it starts getting more misses than hits but those first three seasons you just hit play all 
and it is episode after episode just bangers. Dude, the episode where Carl gets the the fucking uh, foreigner belt, like yes. goddamn, it's like I don't know, it's so dumb. It is so dumb, but I laugh so hard every time. Like it just oh, it kills me. Kills Any of me. the episodes with the Moon Knights yeah. are hilarious, and it's just I love how they just manipulate. And Master Shake, I watched one of my favorite ones of one of the later ones. The where it's the virtual Ouija, where Meatwad has this virtual Ouija game that he's playing, uh, and Shake is like, well, I'm going to kill myself, and then haunt Meatwad in the game. And so he's trying to hang himself, and Frolic's like, no, you're not going to do that. And Carl comes and grabs him, and he's like, you know what's going on out here? And his pool's full of blood, and Shake down sleeping pills, and then put like Carl's exhaust in his mouth and then jumped in the pool and the piranhas ate him. And he's like, yeah, no, those piranhas are alive. They're just moving real slow because of all the sleeping pills and shake. <laughs> and Frylock's like, damn. And Carl's standing there. He's like, yeah. He's like, man, do I? He's like, yeah, I feel real bad that, you know, I can't press charges. <laughs> for what's going on here. He's like, I noticed you're leaving and you're not cleaning this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the whole carl joke with crabs where he's like well they're not alaskan king but uh they feel huge <laughs> yeah he's like, you just gotta hit him with the shampoo <laughs> oh, carl is 100 percent what shannon like you know hashtag goals yeah there when he's an old man like yeah one of my other favorites was from season two where it's christmas and carl and master shake go half and half on a mail order bride <laughs> and she comes and they're like trying to do this dual wedding shakes like no she's cooking me dinner for christmas and carl's like no she's coming to my house and we're going to pound town <laughs> and he's like nope she's coming and she locks herself in carl's house but she won't come out oh jesus uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here that's that could be a hot take. I I don't know how you gentlemen feel about it. I have not tested these waters. I I can't fucking stand Invader Zim anymore. Like Invader Zim is just bad now, and I used to love that show. I had the box set DVDs, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like Invader Zim just sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Fire so, away. I don't know. So as someone who enjoyed. Like I enjoyed Invader Zim. I wasn't like I said. That... I I owned the box set of the DVDs. Like it, I I was in. I mean, in middle school, I had Gur sweatbands. Like that's mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed Invader Zim. And it's like I read Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, yeah. and I had the comics. And it's one of those things where I enjoyed it, but much like Undertale and a lot of the other things that had intense fandoms around it. Those people ruined it for me. The people who were like like the Nightmare Before Christmas people who were like super upset. Like those people ruined Invader Zim for me. How much they were like, oh, like this is the best thing, the whatever. I've watched Invader Zim since then. Like I think I actually saw the Christmas special not that long ago. And it was still good, but it's one of those things where I still can't get past the fandom has still just kind of tainted it as a whole for me where I can't enjoy it the same way I used to because of them. Yeah, if I'm going to watch something, I don't watch uh, Invader Zim anymore. I watch Hell of a Boss. I don't know if you've ever, guys, have watched uh-uh. that. Um, so it's uh, it's written by an independent artist um, and drawn by her, by her. So it takes um, a while for it to come out. But the same people who did the voices in Invader Zim, uh, like I think the majority of the cast is in Hell of a Boss. And you can watch them on YouTube. Um, and it's a pretty good, um, it's a pretty good adult 
show. I mean, it's not something you're going to find on Nickelodeon. There's a lot of f bombs and some mature content, but um, it's it's pretty good. That's what oh, I'm, look, I'm looking at it. Uh, I just looked it up. The art style is rad. Yeah, like, dude, it's hella cool. Like I would watch like just like the maybe the first episode to get an idea of it, but it's definitely something I think you would enjoy. All right. Uh, from that era, Venture Brothers absolutely. Still oh, for up. sure. Like I, I will rewatch the first four seasons of Venture Brothers. Like so, I, I do it probably once a year. I'll go through the whole thing. It's it always entertaining as hell. The first two seasons don't get better. The first two seasons of Venture Brothers just do not get better. All the way up through the wedding, uh, between Monarch and uh, Doctor Girlfriend, like it's fucking fantastic. I mean, honestly, the like golden age of Adult Swim shows are all fantastic. Like yeah. your Aqua Teen C Lab Brack show, like oh, Space yeah. Ghost is still funny. Even like random stuff like like forty ounce mouse and perfect hair forever and stuff. Some of those have like bang like those are more misses, but like some of those episodes they have pretty banger funny episodes. And then in the earlier stuff too, like home movies was really good. No, and- home movies, Coach McGurk is like my spirit. I love him. <laughs> he can't. He has insomnia and can't sleep. And he's like, well, I get paid to do this like sleep study. And he's like trying to get a DVD player. He's like DVD, DVD. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good yeah i don't i don't even know how we walked down that rabbit hole but i'm, I'm happy we did I'm, now i want to watch venture brothers again um well uh, uh there's no i can't think of a good transition so we're just going to talk about the next story which is our last one uh shannon i know yeah. I, I i know you said you've been waiting to do uh the halo infinite campaign and co-op well there it's it's now coming in august august can i take <laughs> how's august treat you uh i'll be out of town i'll be out of town for like the first you know two weeks in august so Mm. yeah no not gonna happen for me probably no no yeah man it's such a bummer like it's you know season two is of their dlcs finally starting may 3rd which which is you know (laughs) that's two weeks that's in two weeks Mm -hmm. some might say four months too late Maybe they needed to do that shit a while ago. Uh, but yeah, so that's coming. And then this, is, they said, is going to be during season two. Um, originally, they were trying to aim. They were aiming to ship it at the same time as season two launches, but they're missing it. It's going in August. Uh, I'm, I'm really bummed about Halo Infinite, you guys. Like, yeah, I really like the game. It was super fun. And then they just, the content well just dried up and they seem to have no plan to fill it. And they're, it's just, they're scrambling now. And it's just, it, it makes me sad. It's a bummer. Yeah. They were like, hey guys, you know what? Like, we'll put this out. And like the first couple maps, I'm going to keep people busy for a long time. That nostalgia is going to hold them over until they're ready for that, you know, that second course of the meal. Mm-hmm. And people got sick of that shit fast. Um, I think, you know, they need to, I mean, if their seasons are going to be like six months long, uh, that's not going to be a sustainable model for them. I don't think, I think you need to do maybe one, like every three months would be a good season. Um, and, and if you do three months, they got to go bigger, like, mm -hmm. because the thing that killed it for me and, and I mean, people are sick of me saying it by this point, it's just, it's, (laughs) it's the amount of maps it's like. Bro, you've given me four maps. Like I booted up and it's like, oh, this fucking place again. Okay. 
all right, you know, and it's like, or or rotate some in and out. Give me some variety, like a reason to check back in. And and you know, they, I mean, they've done a lot to fix it, but like the way they were just drip feeding you progress. So it was like, oh, I played for five hours and done fuck all towards my ranking. Like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, like it. It's like you gotta give you gotta give people the carrot. You know, like. Yeah, they need to do something with the dress up too. Like, because I mean, a lot of people True. who are playing that game, like, you know, you can't tell the difference between somebody who's been playing that game for like since day one and is pretty good and somebody who's just picked up the game. Like, I mean, you couldn't tell the difference other than maybe a color or two. Um, like, you know, they need to get some crazy ass armor in there. Like, they need to like look at what Destiny did and be like, yeah, we yeah. could we could mirror that. Um, because. I mean, you got to have something there to motivate people other than maps, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, they have a problem there and they need to find it. And I don't know how, what... <laughs> what the hell is happening today, Justin? Uh, my cat's like, I don't know, I'm going to cough something. <laughs> yeah, is that furball happening over there? What the hell? <laughs> These 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 ta- the cat does not like the take that I'm giving about him. Oh yeah, he's gonna puke right on your hand, dude. Here comes, here comes. He's getting ready. No, I know when he's actually about to vomit. He's faking it now. He just wants attention. <laughs> oh man, I don't. You, whatever, dude. Like, fine. <laughs> fuck your cat. Like, just derailed my whole like thought the thought process there. Anyway, but no, it it is a shame though because like. With that coming out as late as it is, like, who gives a fuck? Like, Halo, anyone who wants to play the campaign already has and has beaten it at this point, so why would you want to play through it again? I don't think it's that gripping to play through again with a person coming out that late. Like, there's so much other stuff that's going to be out by that point that it's like, are you really going to return back to Halo to play through a campaign you've already played through but with a friend this time? Yeah, because you'll play it on the higher difficulty level, so you get the achievement for it. But other than that, like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything there, and it'll be interesting to see because what I don't know if there's anything in that August time frame that really is competition. So maybe that's why they did it because it's safe. Yeah. Um, and maybe they'll get a bump in numbers and get some longevity out of that bad boy. But yeah, I don't, it's just it just seems like a very long time. Well, and you know, Forge, they're they're user creator content uh, mode isn't dropping until September. And for me, that's the one they should have focused on. Get that out the door first. Cause that solves a lot of your content issues. If you just, you have a ton of community created stuff happening all the time, then it's like, yeah, okay. You can spot, <laughs> you develop a forge spotlight system and you bring up like cool modes and cool maps that random creators have made and you kick them some change, you know, here and there for, for their efforts. And all of a sudden people are playing because there's this great community driven angle. Instead, you're delaying that to, like you said, have people play through a campaign they've already done a year ago, basically by the time it drops. It would be interesting to see how many people um, are playing in August to see if that, you know, forge creator kind of user content thing is even viable at that point. (laughs) Yeah. It's well, you know, now that uh, the Master Chief Collection is passing infinite in playing hours on Steam, it's uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. We'll put it down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so should we move into a little what we have been playing? 
sure. Uh, Shannon, what what have you been doing? Tiny Tina's Wonderland of Adventure. <laughs> Still. Still. Great game. Love it. You haven't beaten Don't, that damn thing by now? I'm trying, but I get stuck on all the side missions. And, um, you know, I kind of... There's a bunch of stuff that I still haven't unlocked uh, from my character. So, like, um, there's this, um, like, myth mythos-like thing on your character loadout screen. Like, when you go in your inventory. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't start until you get to level 40. Um, and I'm level 30 right now. So, I mean, I still have 10 more levels. I don't even know what that thing is. I don't know what it does. I don't know how it relates to the game. Um but there's that. I mean, I still want to get my character up to like level up like both uh, skill trees because now that I've gotten far enough in the game, you can um, you have a main class and you have a subclass. So like you can choose two of the six um, classes um, and kind of dual wield the abilities out of both of them, which is kind of cool. Um, and so I've been doing that. And then in order to get those stronger and find better guns, I've been doing, um, you know, a lot of the side quests instead of the main story quests, which is, which are fun because you're still exploring like huge chunks of the map, um, and going into like new and exciting areas to keep things fresh. You're still picking up guns and doing everything that you love about Borderlands. So, um, and they just dropped DLC for it too. So, um, you know, they're doing a lord's work over there i love it it's great um it's a good game <laughs> all right that's apparently taking over your entire life until xenoblade 3 drops yes in july which is awesome oh yeah we didn't talk to you about that can i get your thoughts about xenoblade yes it, i squealed like a little schoolboy when like i saw that <laughs> it was coming out like two months early and i was like this is amazing i don't care what justin says he's just trying to rain on my parade uh, but like I, I have confidence in that Xenoblade game being done and being a polished product. Uh, so I am excited. I'm looking forward to it. And as long as it stays more in the vein of Xenoblade Chronicles two than one, mm-hmm. I think I will. I think I'll be playing it for a long time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, oh, and did I have it wrong? Was Xenoblade, the first one, the one you put 250 hours in, not the second one? No, it was the second one. It was the second one? Because I think that's part of Shannon's problem is you played the second one first, right? And then you went back. Yeah. So I think think that's Shannon's problem and why you didn't like one as much because you played two and then you kind of went backwards to one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like playing Borderlands 2 and then going back to one. It's like they've come such a long way from the first one to the second one that now you're backtracking and all the stuff they learned from one that they implemented in the two, you're going backwards and playing like the original version of it, basically. Yep. Yeah. Or like Assassin's Creed 2 to Assassin's Creed, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember you're how not good, wrong. Remember how good Brotherhood was? Assassin's Creed 2, 2? Like, man, that game ruled. I don't Dude, think the I ever first, like, the first three, four three or four Assassin's Creed games were really yeah. good. And then they started to go downhill. See, I played the first one and then I got bored because it was just basically like climb to the top of a tower yeah, and then scan everything and then jump off. And I got tired of doing that. And then I didn't even play Assassin's Creed probably until Odyssey. No, uh, Black okay. Flag, Black Flag. Wow. That was, that that's a, that's a huge, like there's nine games. Like, <laughs> I know, like that's how long, that's how hard I bounced off of it, and then, um, and then, yeah, it was it was uh, Black Flag that brought me back to the fold. The the Italian trilogy, 
two brotherhood and revelation like revelation's a weak link in that lineup but those those three games are so good like yeah two and three were fantastic yeah Yeah, the fact that all the multiple weapon choices they introduced Mm. the grenades and stuff into it and and like the map barf hadn't gotten to be (laughs) just ridiculous by that point like it was still manageable you know so yeah you didn't have to pay to level up quicker oh it's good stuff good stuff um i've been playing a game i think i don't think this would be shannon's kind of game but justin i think you would like it it's a game that's on uh, PC Game Pass right now called Norco, and uh, it is essentially a point-and-click adventure game, um, and the graphic style is of the like kind of late 90s PC era of adventure games, like kind of like that high-fidelity pixel art type look. Um, the story is, I've played through the first act so far and it seems to be splitting time like you're you're a woman that goes back to norco louisiana uh and your mom has died of cancer and you're trying to basically go settle some affairs and figure out what like happened to your mom you were estranged um you're you get home your brother's missing uh and you're trying to figure out like people keep telling you like oh your mom was into some shit like she had cancer and everything, but she was, she was digging at something that people didn't like, you know? And so that kind of starts you poking her in some corners and, and checking some things. And, uh, and then the, then the game cuts and you kind of go back in time a little bit and you're playing as the mom before she dies. And you start to see that like, yeah, she's kind of falling into not necessarily a cult, but there's like an, uh, an app and it's because she's so hard up for money because of the costs of trying to take care of herself and everything with her sickness, uh, that she's like going on missions with this like app and meeting all these people that are trying to get her to like go places and do things and stuff. And so you're kind of playing both story. Like right now I'm playing both storylines at the same time. And it very much is like that old school point and click adventure. You're going to like click on points of interest, talk to people, solve some basic puzzles. Uh, there's some action sequences in there, but they're still in the point and click variety. Um, there's a cat you can pet in a mini game. I know, I know that might appeal to Justin. <laughs> um, but, uh, Oh, and the whole thing kind of takes place in this, like a hundred years in the future. Corporations have taken over most of the country there's like a automaton named million that lives at the house with you. That's kind of like an Android thing that like your mom had brought home one day to repair. Um, And, and million helps you with like fixing things and like getting places and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, like everything's done on like phones and like credit and, uh, apps and, and all this stuff. And, and you keep getting like these pieces of like background for the country of like, Oh, well there was this war in New Mexico where people were ripping up the internet to like destroy these corporations ability to function and like are ripping down this power center out in, you know, this area and all the stuff. Like there's like open revolt in the nation because of like corporate powers essentially. And in this town, an oil refinery has basically taken over the whole place. And you get the sense that what your mom was stumbling into was 
some bad business shenanigans and things of that nature. I, like I said, I'm one act in, it's super interesting. It, you know, I probably, it's the first act probably took me an hour and a half, something like that, but it flew by. Like it was one of those just like, Oh wait, it's midnight and I'm done with this act and I should go to bed, but it's probably what I'm going to play when I'm done here. It's really good storytelling. The writing is excellent. And uh, yeah, I would highly recommend if you have PC game pass, just download it and check it out. Cause if for nothing else, visually it's stunning. Like, it's yeah, really I was uh, just looking at some screenshots of it and the art style is gorgeous. Yeah. It's super impressive. I mean, they get a little up their own ass sometimes with like <laughs> the, the with the prose, with the writing. It, it gets it, it it can be pretty flowery, like how they explain some stuff and and do some things. And it's like, guys, it's not that serious. You don't have to break out the thesaurus to describe you know the scene here. But outside of that, that's like literally my only complaint. It's really cool. Like it's the story's got me. I want to see where it's going. I want to see what happened to the mom. I want to see what the mom found. Cause they, and they're also alluding to this like UFO that people keep seeing in the swamp. Hmm. And it's like this big shining sphere. And it's funny. Cause like one of the, one of the first things you find in your old room is your old laptop. And apparently your brother was posting on it on like a Reddit type board where he was like, Hey, I've got this picture of the swamp. Is any, has anyone else seen this? And everyone's like, that's the sun. Yeah, you saw the sun. Congratulations. It's like, it's not the fucking sun. And like, he's going back and forth with like shit posters. It's hilarious. But, uh, and, and I have to say, this game has some of the best uses of like phones and that level of technology. Cause, you know, when you're, when you're the mom and you access your phone, you can like go through all the old text messages that are on it. And it helps really break out like the store, build out the story of like, what's going on with her, who she's talking to, that sort of thing. You know, you, you have like an Uber app on the phone to like call a car to take you somewhere else. You know, there's like the app that shows you how you get paid and how much money you have. Cause you need to buy some stuff here and there. And it's, it's just a really clever way to do it. And it's the first time I've really seen it in a modern game where I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's super smart for how you would handle that. So uh, yeah, highly, highly recommending it. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. So I'm hoping it, uh, I'm hoping it pays off because the setup, at least in the first act has got me. So nice. is that Justin, what have you been playing? So I did all the post game content for Kirby. I- I'm like a hundred percent done with Kirby now. Like I did the after game world and then went and did the, um the two the tournament stuff that you can do because you unlock once you beat the game you unlock the second version of the tournament thing Mm -hmm. on top and then once you go through the extra world and get all the pieces of leon soul and whatever then you unlock the ultimate tournament z or whatever which is like the final version of the tournament so i did all of that i you know i have all my waddle d's i got all the abilities now um and everything so i'm officially done with kirby thought it was great um i i also um (laughs) i played inscription uh (laughs) this week a couple times and i did more of the casey's mod and i am so mad because it's like i came so close like i got through both times I got very far. I got to the final fight, you know, where you fight the moon. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I was mad because my decks were so good. And it was like the furthest I had gotten. And I just couldn't pull out. I just couldn't get past it. And it sucked because the, the one game I had three mantises. Yeah. Not the mantis god, but just oh, okay. the, the split mantises. But the fact that I had three of them and I think one or two of them were powered up. I was like, oh, dude, this is insane. I'm like, this is great. And then I ended up dying at the final fight with Leshy. Uh. And I was like, god damn it. And then today I was playing it. And I actually thought it was going to be a crap run. I was like, dude, like, I don't really have any mantises or any good cards. I'm like, this isn't going to go well. And I got multiple wolves. And I hit multiple of the bonfires. And because I thought the run was already going to be shit, I doubled down at the fires because you can do the where you buff them twice, but you risk the card getting destroyed the second time when you buff it. And so because I thought it was a trash run, I was like, all right, I don't really care if this card gets destroyed because this is going to be a terrible run anyway. Mm -hmm. And multiple times I was proven wrong and the fire, I double buffed the wolf because i was like double buffed it so it was like double damage on the wolf so my wolf hit for six which if it connects right away that's game right there like it completely tilts the scale and i ended up getting not one not two but three wolves all of which i got buffed up to six because every fireplace i risked it for the biscuit at the fireplace (laughs) multiple times and it paid off and so they were all six, and then I also hit altars because my my game plan was all right. I got these wolves; they're super powerful. Now I need to make sure I actually hit the wolves. Yeah. So I tried to keep my deck as thin as possible. So every altar I hit, I did it, and I buffed the wolf. I got rid of something out of my deck to thin the deck and gave the power to the wolf. So I had a pat rack card at one point, and then I gave it to one of my wolves. So then when it came onto the field, it added another item to my inventory. I had the cat, and then I think it's like, whatever, it's like subject 13 or whatever, the ones that you can sack it an infinite amount of times. And so that was really good for getting the wolves out quick, because I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, turn one, I'm like, squirrel, sack it, cat. And then it's like, turn two, draw a squirrel card, boom, sack, sack, wolf in an open spot, hit you for six, game. Like, that was the goal most of the time. And I was doing so good, and I was like, dude, I'm going all the way with this. This is great. I can pretty much get a wolf guaranteed in my opening hand at this point because my deck was so thin. I get to the moon, and it's like Leshy has destroyed pretty much all my cards at this point, and then all I had left were just the squirrel deck because my (laughs) deck was so small. And I was like, well, in theory, this was a solid idea that just didn't pan out well because now I have no cards, and I'm just left here to die against the moon. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because it's, it's way harder, right, Like than the standard yeah. run? It's, I wouldn't say, like, it's harder in the sense that when you start the run, there's certain modifiers that you you have to select one modifier that makes it harder. Um, but you can select multiple, but you at least have to select one. And the modifiers are like, you lose your four-leaf clover, so you can't re-roll. Um, your card choices when you do the, where it's like pick from the three cards, you usually can click the clover and it like re distributes three new cards for you to pick from Mm -hmm. um so you can get rid of that one of the modifiers is the um pelts that you get are worth less like in the beginning and stuff so the beginning selection process your pelts aren't worth as much um which makes it a little bit harder 
One of them is that you have less items in your little inventory area. Like your slot storage is like one less. And so it's like stuff like that. But for me, most of the time I just pick the, you can't re-roll. I'm like, I'm just going to risk it for like, if I get something bad out of the three cards, that's what Mm -hmm. I get. Like I'd rather do that than not have an additional item or not be able to buy what I need at the beginning of the game with the pelts. So, so essentially it's like tweaked with the economy of it. Yeah. It just tweaked it up like a little bit and made it a little more challenging. You can make it and you get more benefits like and stuff for adding more of the modifiers. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I don't want to go too too ham on it. Like not <laughs> shuffling. That's fine. I'll just do the bare minimum. And I'm like, it's still hard like in general without kicking myself in the teeth. <laughs> And then, of course, I played more Patrick's Parabox, which I'm a decent way through the game. It just gets crazier and crazier. Level sure. designs, fantastic. It's definitely going to be somewhere on my game of the year list. <sighs> so, uh, Shannon. Hmm? Do you hear those sirens? Yeah, I, I, I almost I couldn't hear you over the deafening sound of these sirens. Mm, yes, because I think, gentlemen, the spoiler zone um so yes there's stuff to talk about moon knight uh everything everywhere all at once uh x and uh oh hey i saw the bad guys also we can we can throw that in there so uh should we start at moon knight because mm-hmm. moon knight uh this is going to be nothing to shannon but justin moon knight straight up turned into fucking legion this week <laughs> yes like, and i was here for it like i was like hell yes let's go mental hospital dude Fuck the last yeah the last six minutes of that episode yeah. i legitimately after the episode was over i had to get up because my right leg was so sore from me punching it from <laughs> excitement at the end of the episode of how batshit insane it was when yeah. he was, i was like oh my god and there's all the tombs and the little hippo goddess thing i was like yes yes it's going it's straight going for it um yeah so so what starts as a really good mummy movie for for half that or three quarters of that episode quickly fades away after uh our our boy mark specter gets shot in the chest twice by arthur harrow drops into a pool with what looks like a couple inches of water only to keep falling through it like it's an endless pool and wake up in a mental hospital where uh you know we're watching what was the it wasn't tomb raider it was tomb something like tomb buster or like something like that something like that on the some real awful movie playing on the on the tv whose starring uh character is stephen grant aka his split personality um and they're looking for an aztec moon god and uh, around the the room where Mark is sitting, strapped to the wheelchair with the same ankle brace that he had on his bed, by the way, uh, you see a bunch of stuff from the prior episodes. Characters that were just other patients, including Layla. Um, yeah, one of the women is drawing a hawk skull, which is the head of Conchu. Uh He's holding a Moon Knight looking action figure. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Yeah, so you get a lot of the you know cupcakes from the from the cupcake truck we're getting handed out, and you get a a you know you kind of get the vibe of like oh is he just looking around the room and putting a story together that plays with this movie that's playing? Um, you find out that Arthur Harrow is uh, the doctor who's treating him, and they have an interview which goes into depths of talking about like what's real, like. You know, the whole thing with the pen where he's like, to me, this is a writing utensil. To my dog, this is a chew toy. It's all a matter of perspective. Um, which all seems well and good until Mark, you know, kind of snaps out of his uh, medicated coma and makes a run for it and discovers Stephen in a sarcophagus. And they embrace, which is interesting. And then they continue their escape and see another sarcophagus banging angrily in a room and they're like we're just gonna leave that one alone and uh, we're just gonna keep going and right as they make an exit a hippo egyptian god walks through the door and goes hi and they scream and cut and credits and it's like wait what the fuck what what the hell did i just watch um i i liked how when they're in the hallway the lights are swinging kind of uh like they're in a boat perhaps um, or something of that nature. Uh, what, your thoughts, gentlemen? Well, I also like the light thing because I think that was a callback to in the beginning when he was running down the hallway of his apartment and the lights were like going off and like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when Kanchi was coming after him. Shannon, do you have thoughts? Uh, I love the whole episode. Like, I love this series, and mm-hmm. um, I was a little taken aback this week, um, because. Uh, I guess Disney had to um, submit their um, their TV series for um, like I think it's the Golden Globes is the next one or something like that. Like to but they put Hawkeye and Moon Knight in as a standalone um, series, right? It's a single series, mm-hmm. so I was kind of upset because you know this is a really good, well put together show. Um, and I love what they're doing with the characters and I love the, what, what they're doing with the story. And like, I don't want to get invested in this thing because it's only got two episodes left and it's going to be done forever. Um, so I'm enjoying the hell out of it right now. Um, yeah. and I like it a lot and I have no idea what's going on. You know, I was trying to, it kind of broke my brain when he woke up in the mental ward and I was like, is he really like just crazy? Like, is yeah. he just, is this whole thing fake or like we, you know, kind of getting, are they like, you know, setting this up to be this whole like mind fuck the whole time. And then when he actually meets Steven, I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. That's, that's something that couldn't exist in the real, real world. So something's going on here. Yeah. 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 So I was just like, Oh, thank God. Like, it's not just like one of those, like you're crazy. We're all crazy kind of things. It's uh, you know, there's, there's more to it here. So I'm, I'm in for it. Um, I like the, um, you know, the fact that um, Harrow like talks to the girl and she's like, you know, how did your dad die? Like, do you want to know how your dad died? Do you want to know, like, you know, who is there? Like, Mark was there. Did Mark ever tell you that he was there? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he started stirring up some shit and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, trying to create some um, some weak points in their in their team dynamic. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of ties together. Um, but, yeah, it's it's good. I like it a lot. So do we think the partner that Mark talks about, because, uh, you know, Layla confronts him. Uh, he's finally like, fine, I didn't want to tell you. But yes, I was there. 
I, uh, you know, my partner got greedy, murdered everyone at the scene, including myself, shot me too. Um, you know, so she's like, so you brought a killer to my dad. And he's like, well, yes, basically. Um, do we think the killer, cause in the comics, it's very different. There was this like African warlord that Mark was working for and everything. And, and that's who murders everyone. Is the personality that was locked in the sarcophagus the one that actually murders everyone? A hundred percent, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the third person out. Because yeah. every time, like, we know the third personality is the one that when they blacked out, like, murdered everybody yeah. anyway. So it's like, this is obviously the straight up mercenary. Like, there's mercenary, mm-hmm. then there's kind of in between, like kind of spy sleuthy stuff not really a cold-blooded killer but you know we'll do what it takes to get the job done and then there's i'm the nice guy there's the three (laughs) so yeah that's that's where i think they're going with it you're gonna find out that it was the other personality that just straight up murked everyone and then maybe shot himself in the process or something like pulled a tyler durden (laughs) yeah totally and uh i I don't I don't, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, because I think it's a little late in the game to introduce, because it's like they're building to that character. You know, they keep mentioning it, and it's one of those, like, it. it's a little late in the game to introduce a actual protagonist at this point, or antagonist, I mean, at this point. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they play it out. And the, the Egyptian god, I actually looked it up after the episode. Apparently, she's the god, uh, goddess of birth and rebirth. So maybe she's showing up to bring him back. You know? Yeah, since he got shot in the fucking chest like five times and fell down into the never-ending depths of water. Yeah. And there seem to be some, like, clicks within the gods. So maybe... Uh, Maybe this is someone that's cool with Conchu and is like, no, 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 I'll bring you back, dude. Don't even worry about it. You know, I tend to think that where they're at is like the same place where all the gods that have been encased in in stone are Mm. like, maybe like this is like where they're all hanging out. Cause like you see when in the, in the beginning of this, when you see Harrow, like, or not Harrow, like one of the other gods bring Conchu statue into a room, send him up on this wall. And then there's a whole bunch of other gods that are there. So I'm thinking that like that hippo god was probably mm-hmm. on that wall too, and like this is where they're at. Like they're all oh, in this like same spot. Um, and maybe the person that was in the sarcophagus was Conchu, um, and he was just like he's like just get me out of here because you know he the one the, the last thing he said was is you know when they entomb me like tell Mark to get yeah. me out because Mark, Mark knows how to get me out. Um, so I would say that. I think I hope that they go that way because there's a lot less explaining you have to do with two episodes left. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you can kind of be like, okay, now he's going to get all the gods out and all these gods are going to go against all the gods that have like their own kind of thing. And now you have like this, you know, setup. That's, that's interesting. I hadn't considered the possibility. Like I was so stuck on that third personality being the one in, in the sarcophagus that I hadn't really thought of Conchu being in there, but Mm -hmm. you're right. You're right. That's absolutely uh, like I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be floored if that was the revelation. You know that that happened. Like if the mm-hmm. next episode starts with the hippo being like, "Bro, why did you leave that closed? Go get Conchu. Like, what are you doing? You know, like that. That yeah. Um, my other thought was where they're at might be all like Amit's creation, like because mm-hmm. they got really close 
to to the thing that's captured Amit, you know, and it might just be like a and Amit's power is still out in the world through Harrow. So maybe it's something like Amit created to kind of like, cause maybe like, maybe they still need something from Mark. You know what I mean? They still need something to, to bring her back or something like that. So. Hmm. We'll see. And for me, I think the hospital is just like inside, basically inside of Mark. It's like mm-hmm. his thing. And that's why like, you know, Steven's in one room and why like all the personalities have kind of been blocked off and sectioned off and stuff and entrapped in, in, in their own thing. It's kind of like in Yu-Gi-Oh, the Millennium Puzzle and stuff where it's like the Pharaoh's trapped in it and there's all the different doors of like his memories and whatever, like locked and sealed away and stuff. And so he kind of has been protecting himself by sealing off these other personalities and these other memories of stuff. So he's going to have to like open all the doors and stuff to finally like remember everything. Hmm. Interesting. Do, and do you work think, together. Do you, yeah. Do you think this ends with like one personality? Do you think, I th- you think they're all like coming to like one thing? I, I think it ends with the three of, because up to this point, like I said, everyone's been kind of fractioned and it's mm-hmm. been a power struggle for who has the body, who, whatever. Yeah. And by the end of this, I think we're going to get the completed Moon Knight of like, you know, it's all three personalities working together, like in unison and stuff. Like when they need each other, it's like switch, switch, yeah. like out and stuff. So it's like, oh, we need to murder some fuckers. Switch. <laughs> yeah. oh, we have to solve this puzzle to get the fuck out of this tomb. Yeah. Switch back to Steven. And do you, so do you think, think that's going to, do you think it's going to manifest where Conchu's back and like the costumes change? Like it goes from Moon Knight to Mister Knight to whatever the third guy has, and like I back. think so. I think that they kind of do like the Loki thing, where it's like they're like running out, and as they're switching, you know, that's like a pillars in the foreground, yeah, like yeah. pass, and then he's like new costume, and yeah. then it's like okay, now we're doing this, like pass, swipe, new costume, yeah. and it's like him doing whatever, or like the Daredevil hallway fight where it's like you yeah. go in, you go in one door and you come flying out of it, and you're the next costume type thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Steven in his costume, and he goes like this yeah. and then the dude goes to hit and stops and it's like fist through the chest and then it's the other costume yeah, and yeah, just like yeah. rips his fucking hand out i'd <laughs> be rad I'm, what do you do you think it was it was hella funny that um steve kisses what's her name and then mark is like punches himself in the face <laughs> yeah he did some dirty mac in there you know like, it's he like was, bro, he's got some nefarious he's skeezy man he's he, like he, steve steve overstepped Steve overstepped hardcore. Like, but then he tried to make up for it by being like, well, he was trying to do the right thing to her and stuff and told her the story to kind of mm-hmm. make Mark look better. So, yeah, I don't know if that, uh, I don't know if that would fly with me. Just saying, I don't know. <laughs> Steve, Steve might be on lockdown for a while after that. Um, hey, uh, Justin, tell me about X. Cause I know you put that on the list. Cause I know Shannon sure as hell didn't. So, <laughs> So I did see X. So yes, it was a A24 kind of weekend. I watched um, everything everywhere all at once. And then Hmm. I also watched X. And um, let me tell you, X is fucking crazy. It is bizarre. It is. I watched the trailer (laughs) and I was like, okay, cool. It's a horror movie. It looks interesting. Um, It was not at all like I thought it was going to be. 
Uh, so the general premise is it's the mid 1970s. Um, porn is huge, and they're trying to, but like hard Christians and stuff are like strongly against it. There's lots of like boycotts against it. Um, people are trying to kind of start to tackle the like direct to video like VHS mm. market. It's kind of the birth of like the porn VHS market and stuff. So people are trying to capitalize on that. So this group of people go to like rent this kind of like house, like backwoods, like little farm edition yeah. add on thing to shoot this like farmer's daughter porn movie at. And they're kind of trying to keep it low key. Like the farmer person and his wife don't know that that's what they're doing is shooting mm -hmm. a movie on their property and they're trying to just film it and then get out. But these old people are crazy. And of course, you know, as the movie goes on, like these old people start murdering these like teenagers and people. And like the, the thing is, the old people are in the movie more than I thought they were going to be. And the old people are disgusting looking. Like they intentionally <laughs> like they intentionally made them very hard to look at. Like very gross, like very wrinkly skin, like dehydrated, like decrepit would be a good word for them. Mm. And it was really hard because at the end of the movie there's a solid two three minute scene where you watch these old people fuck and Ooh. it is disgust <laughs> like bare ass just like multiple angles and that was hard to watch <laughs> like that was hard to see and you see the old woman naked multiple times and that was hard to look at <laughs> and uh but it's just so weird because their whole thing is like this old woman the guy's wife is crazy and i guess used to be really beautiful and she's like trapped in this house and i guess their whole gimmick is as these people multiple people i guess have come to stay at this back house or part whatever and they just murder people all the time and then dump the bodies in the lake and then push their vehicles like off into the like lake and shit to get rid of the evidence and the alligators come and dispose of the corpses. And so this is something they've done before. And she's like trying to bang these people. Like mm -hmm. this old woman, like wants to fuck like these dudes. And like the one dude's like, uh, like no. And then she like slits his throat with a box cutter. Oh, and it's just like, I didn't realize that that's kind of, I, I knew they were going to be crazy, but it's like, I didn't realize her motive was like, Oh, I want the sex. I was like, that's, that's kind of weird. And then the husband's trying to like keep her in line. And it was just strange. But it was cool, though, because one of the um, Kid Cuddies in the movie, mm. which is funny. And then the one girl from the new Scream movie, the, the sister who gets her leg shattered by Ghostface at the beginning of the movie, she's in the movie. And it's hilarious because in Scream, she gets her leg like gangster stomped and shattered in like 18 places. And this time, the same thing happens to her, but with her arm. And <laughs> it's locked in the basement and she gets this like hatchet and the dude locks her, the old dude locks her in there. And she like is trying to slash down the door to get out. And she like the shining cuts out like a little section of the door and she reaches her hand out and is trying to unlock the latch on the door. 
and as she's doing that the dude has um a rifle but he takes like the butt end of the rifle and just smashes her fucking wrist and her hand like shatters where like bone comes out and i'm like dude this chick cannot catch a break they just love destroying her ligaments jesus that's rough well was it any good despite how gross it was um it was all right it's not it's like one of those things where i wouldn't watch it again like as a it was a one and done for me where <laughs> it wasn't quite like like in terms of horror like there's better a24 horror movies like midsummer's way better than this and i like everything everywhere all at once was a far more enjoyable movie than this yeah, so one, don't so. don't go crazy spoiler on that one because i still want to see it but oh yeah no i don't plan yeah. on spoil like going hardcore spoilers on that one um, I was saving you the trouble with X because I figured okay. you probably weren't going to watch yeah, X. That, that one's not on my list. So Yes, but everything everywhere all at once was fantastic. And it's one of those where once it's um, actually out on digital and stuff, I definitely want to watch it again. And it was very good. Very, um, if you've ever seen Kung Fu Hustle, mm-hmm. it has very big Kung Fu Hustle vibes. Okay. Nice. Mixed with like Doctor Strange make like you could kind of see different inspirations in the movies from like different things that they pulled very there's very many surprising scenes like funny like so there's a lot of humor there's also like sad moments like a very nice roller coaster of emotions and you actually get really attached kind of to each of the characters that you see and stuff and it's pretty funny a lot of the fighting scenes and stuff were really good and they were entertaining and they kept it weird, and that's what I really liked about it the most, is with a concept like the multiverse and, like, whatever. It's like, we're going to see something similar, you know, in Doctor Strange with, like, different versions of Strange and different, like, whatever. And it's like this. It's like they took that concept, and they, like, pushed it even for, like, they're like, all right, we're just going to get, like, Saints Row, like, three levels of fucking, like, silly with it. Mm-hmm. And... It, it paid off. It was very entertaining. It was a very good movie. And it's honestly probably one of the most, I'd say, creative movies I've seen in a long time. So definitely worth seeing, though. Oh, yes. Yes. Def, I recommend it tenfold. Megan and I saw it. And Megan didn't even know about the movie. And I showed her the trailer. And she's like, yeah, I want to see that. And then we saw it both walked out loving it. We talked about it the entire car ride, like, home. So... Yeah, because that uh that trailer like got me. I saw it once, and I'm like, "Yep, like I'm in." Like we're. Oh yeah, no, I saw the trailer too, and that's what sold me. And I didn't even I forgot that it came out. And Megan, um, since we were feeling better and stuff, I I don't have the Rona, so we uh she was like, "Yeah, I really want to go see the movie," and I was like, "Well, I don't know what's out." And as soon as I opened the AMC app, that was one of the first ones I saw, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't even realize this was already out. So I was like, dope. I'm like, dude, let's go see this. And Megan's like, I've never even heard of this movie. And I pulled up the trailer and immediately like 90 seconds in the trailer, Megan's like, yeah, we're going to go see this. <laughs> <laughs> so is it so like I've seen the trailer for it. Is it um, like, would you say it's equal parts like action oriented as it is like uh, humor and and like you know drama or is it kind of is it more of like a 
uh, more of like a, I guess a comedy drama with like a little bit of action mixed into it. Like everything's spaced out pretty nice because the movie is kind of divided into. Well, I mean, I think every movie's divided into three acts, but this mm. one's like blatantly divided. Like they tell you specifically in the movie, like this is Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and in each of the acts, like they do a really good job of like here's some action, and then it's like story development, super weird shit, um, <laughs> action, uh, story development. So they do a really good job of constantly. It's constantly switching it up. Like, you're not in one moment for what feels like too long. Like, there's no time where I'm, like, sitting there like, man, okay, yeah, I get it. I wish they would kind of speed this part up and get to mm-hmm. whatever else is going on on the side here. They do a really good job of keeping it, like, sweet and to the point and then jumping to the next thing, jumping to the next thing. So you never feel like it's dragging on for too long on one specific thing. And it's broken. A lot of the serious stuff in it is broken up really nicely with a lot of the humor and then there's like the humor but then there's like the really like i said they go for it and there's some like really weird shit that they do (laughs) that they do that honestly it's like if it had been done like anyway or they didn't push it to the fullest extent of it being weird could have come off as like hokey or like not translated well or been really weird but because they fully ran with that concept to the fullest, it pays off and it's nice. And one of my favorite things that I really liked about it the most too, is they do a really good job of, I think nailing that kind of like, like Asian family, like they Mm -hmm. own a laundromat and it's really nice in the beginning. Like they're speaking um, in, Oh God, dude, I want, I want to say that I want to say they're Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, like they're speaking in Chinese, but then they switch to English. Like they constantly do the thing where they switch back and forth between Chinese and kind of like Spanglish mm-hmm. and stuff where they talk, which is how people talk. Like that's, yeah, yeah. if you've ever gone over to like a Hispanic person's house and stuff, that's genuinely how they talk to each other all the time. So they'll be speaking English one moment and then it'll switch to a couple sentences in Spanish and it switches back to English. And sometimes It'll be like half a sentence is in Spanish and then all of a sudden it's in English. Like that's how people talk when they know multiple languages and they're raised around that kind of environment. So I feel like they really captured that family dynamic well and in a way that it like was put in a positive light. Like nothing was came off as like, you know, racist or stereotype or like anything like that. Like it's a good snapshot of a realistic Asian family. Nice. Well, cool. I'm I'm excited to see that. It's not. I was just looking. It's not uh, available on any streaming yet. But I know for me, that's probably going to be one I have to wait on. Yeah, it's a little bit of a. It like borders on like artsy fartsy. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a little. It's just far enough out there to be uncomfortable for I think somebody to like just digest without knowing what they're walking into um you know just to kind of see on a whim but at the same time it's one of those movies i definitely want to check out when i can stream it yeah it's one of those things where it is very weird but it's like if you know it's weird going into it then i don't think you'll have like that kind of like this is too bizarre for me Mm -hmm. yeah adversity have either of you ever seen rubber by chance is that the killer tire one tire Tire? yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes it has some very rubber moments 
in it, which I like. Oh, I love that movie. That movie is insane. <laughs> of course and, you do. Like, yeah, because it's so like the the best part of that movie to me is like the tires funny and everything, but the people in the desert watching it with binoculars, like, what is he doing? Because you know they're basically doing the uh, science movie theater three thousand thing, but they're playing as like you because you're wondering what the hell's going on, and they're <laughs> wondering what's going on, and the mm-hmm. fact that it's like these group of people kind of camping out in the desert effectively watching the movie with you is pretty great <laughs> yeah uh yeah so I, I i probably can't get there to see it because if it's not family movies i don't go to the theaters these days but uh i'll tell you a movie i did see in the theater this weekend was the bad guys um, and sonic 2 is better Really, <laughs> Sonic Two is totally better than the bad guys, but it, it's very different though because Sonic Two was still made with like adults in mind. Like it mm-hmm. does the the Pixar thing of playing on multiple levels very, very more. I can't speak uh, much better than uh, than the bad guys does. Where bad guy like my children freaking loved bad guys, but there were some parts as an adult watching this movie where I'm like. Okay, can we get to the point? Uh, I see where this is going. Like, come on, guys. Um, it's it's cute. It's a good story. Um, the world of the bad guys, I don't understand at all. Because, like, it's a wolf, a snake, a shark, a piranha, and a tarantula. They're the bad guys, right? They're like this crime super team. But the world they exist in is full of people. Right? So, like, they're like these anthropomorphic animals that exist in the human world. Except the governor is a fox. And one of their best scientists is a guinea pig. And at some point, you're, to try to be the good guys, they're breaking a bunch of guinea pigs out of an experimentation center. Which seems really weird, considering the scientist is a guinea pig. So, like, at at some level, it's like you have all these rodents, right, that are getting experimented on that are very much just, like, regular-ass rodents. Like, they're not sentient. They're not talking. They're not doing anything. They're they're living their life engaged, getting experimented on. And then you have this other one that's, like, walking and talking and wearing suits and living in a house. And you're like, what? So what are... What are you guys? Like, what... What's going on here? I don't understand. Like, so yeah, the the world of the bad guys confuses me a lot, but it's a kid's movie. Don't think about it that hard. I guarantee they didn't. So, so what I'm hearing is it's almost like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles-esque world where like mm-hmm. some type of ooze has mutated some of these people, but not all of the animals, just part yeah. of some of the animals. Except they don't, they don't show you any ooze. <laughs> and, and it's hilarious because like... So the the guinea pig is getting an award, like the Golden Dolphin Award, and it's going to be the bad guy's coup de grace to steal it, right? It's like the thing everyone's tried to steal. No one's been able to, so they're going to they're gonna do it. And he's getting the award because a meteor hit the city, like the year before or something like that, and he was like this big help to fixing the city. But it's hilarious because it's like it comes out of fucking nowhere where they're like, oh, yeah, and he's getting this award. And remember when the meteor hit the city last year? And you're just seeing this like, you're like apocalyptic event happen. You're like, what the fuck? And like that came out of nowhere. Like, holy shit. Um, 
so yeah, it, it, that was pretty funny. But like, it's super well animated. The voice acting's really good. Uh, good soundtrack. It, you, it's a family movie. You could, it kicks the shit out of like the trolls of the world. You know, it's it's very watchable. So, uh, Shannon, you you should enjoy it when it hits streaming because you'll watch it a lot. I'm sure. You know, I'm actually thinking I might take uh, my son to go see that movie just in general. Um, just, I mean, it's good. Know, take him out to have it be his first theater experience mm-hmm. because, you know, in all honesty, we can go early, we can pay cheap, and if he doesn't yeah. like it because it's too loud, we'll just leave. Yeah. And I won't feel bad about it. Well, and the thing is, with most kids' movies, they don't crank the volume up. No, that's good. You know, like, it, most my, in my theater experience, I've noticed it being a few clicks lower so hmm. but yeah it was still very fun good times yeah. good my kids both give it big thumbs up yeah i was gonna say that's kind of like the uh so i i know that this movie is based off of books right mm-hmm. like based off of a bunch of children's books so like it sounds to me like are they just kind of hoping that you've read all the books with your kids and you know like what's happening in the world or is this just kind of like its own independent thing it's its own thing it's its own story the the characters are definitely from the books and everything, mm-hmm. but you don't need to know the books going in. Like it, you, you get a couple little Easter eggs here and there if you've mm-hmm. read the books, but like it, you know, like my my son was like, oh, and then they showed this, and then they said that, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I had no idea what he was talking about, but I'm like, oh, you did. That's awesome. Now mm-hmm. I know what it feels like when I talk Moon Knight to people. And I'm like, <laughs> did you see that one reference of this? And they're like, no, what, huh? Like, um, so, so, um, do, do your do your son and daughter have favorite bad guys? Oh yeah. Like, is there is there like one that's a clear standout winner, like for the the crowd favorite? Uh, so my daughter was a big fan of Tarantula, mm-hmm. which isn't shocking because she's like the one girl in the group. But also, she's like the tech whiz. She's the Donatello of the group, if you will. Um, And she has a scene where she's like hacking into a security camera network. And then she breaks out her keyboard into like eight keyboards all around her. And she's typing with all eight legs all at once. And it's really rad. Um, My my son was a big fan of Snake because uh, actually Snake, I would equate to the Raphael of the group. And then Shark, who, and it's not for the reason you think, because my son loves sharks, which he does. It's Shark is the clear like comedic relief in the in the movie, like, and and that's the always thing that's the thing that's hilarious is they're like, and it's Shark, master of disguise, and like every time they show him in a disguise, it's the worst thing you've ever seen, <laughs> and it's like so obviously just a shark with like a weird mustache on or something, and it's like. But it's hilarious because they'll walk into a room and people are like, oh, hi, sir. How can I help you? Yes, right this way. Like, no one knows it's a shark. It's like, it, yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's like Suicide Squad where he's like, disguise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, master of disguise. And you're like, That's just a shark in a dress. Like, what? Like, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, no, it's good, good stuff. Good stuff. Good. good. Well, all right. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Shannon, to the spoiler zone or... Uh, no, um, I had every intention of watching the Batman, uh, this weekend and I didn't get around to it. So I guess I'll just have to wait until next weekend. Yeah. I thought I was going to do that too. And then I kept reminding myself that fuck it's three hours. Exactly. I was like, dude, I got to break that up into like three. Exactly. I was like the Shannon's not going to watch that one (laughs) sitting dude. That's going to be a three, four way. And then Shannon's going to be like, uh, it was all right. And it's because it took him two weeks to watch the Batman. (laughs) 
Uh, it'll take Shannon a month and a half. Like, I was being generous by saying yeah. a few weeks. I mean, I'll just put it on my phone, and then every time I go to poop, I'll like, you know, I'll watch it, and I'll get it done in like two days. Uh, I'm just yes. gonna <laughs> briefly read through the plot on the wiki. The way cinema was supposed to be experienced. Yes, on the shitter. Ah, good times. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I think we have a show, uh, Justin. Why don't you take us in for a landing? You know what, guys? <laughs> Thank you, guys, for listening to another episode of the That Picks Life podcast. We have a new link for the Discord that Zach was gracious to post in our Discord, mm-hmm. and that is the link that I will be using in the description for each of our episodes going forward. So, you know, if you know friends, loved ones, children of the internet that should be listening to our podcast you know share spread the wealth share the discord link let them join in so they can come in and they can say that their favorite ninja turtles don donatello or if they're (laughs) correct it can be Raphael. Mm -hmm. and you know give us their give us their hot takes on candy so shannon will have someone else to shit on besides me (laughs) and while you're at it why don't you leave us a review on spotify let us know how we're doing and uh zach if uh robbie was here what do you think robbie would say robbie would say you're saying what i have to do to fall asleep is go to sleep right is that what you're saying melissa good because it's brilliant you should write a book you should give seminars all right you'll make millions of dollars attention all insomniacs all you have to do to fall asleep is lie in your bed